Hi, my name is Camille Conti, and I want to welcome you to The Confusion Experiment, the podcast named after my book. Last week, I had a fantastic episode. I was so jazzed up about it. I thought I saved it, and I didn't. Or I did, but poof, it went away. And then the day went away, and then the week went away, and here I am with a new day and a new episode. This is called The Deconstruction of the Old World Order. I want to share some insights that I've had because of the deep work I'm choosing to do as we come around to the end of this outrageous year that is continuing to be outrageous. There is so much that can be said about 2020 as we have this perspective of the look back. Certainly as things were happening in March, we were all caught off guard and we were all treading water for much of the summer. It took quite a bit of time for us to really understand what was happening and to adjust to this profound change that was being imposed upon us individually, collectively, nationally, and globally. It is quite unprecedented. So that sent me into the deep dive. And one of the things I've been enjoying is listening to some of these masters in the field of astrology. I'm not interested in the details of astrology. I don't understand what they're saying when they talk about degrees and all of that. But what I do appreciate and what I do understand is the language that they use to help us see how the planets and their placement affect and often project our everyday living. And and the reason why I believe them is because, one, they're always spot on. And two, I do believe in oneness. I do believe we're all connected. And I do believe that there are languages beyond the one that we speak that can inform us and communicate to us and respond to us if we simply acknowledge it and listen to it. So as we move into the month of December, there are a couple of things coming up that I want to make sure that you're aware of. It may or may not be something you believe in or are even interested in, but I have a sense that because this is such an outrageous time and because we are experiencing a collapse of the old world order, that there may be an aspect of you that is absolutely open. You know, it's like when you're clinging to the lifeboat, you'll pretty much take any rope that somebody throws to you. So let's start with what I mean by the collapse of the old world order. Well, we are living it. We, on a deep level, on a spiritual level, have called it in because life is about progression. Life is about expansiveness. Life is about change. Life is about new and fresh. And so we've come to this point in our evolution as as humans that the ways in which we have agreed to live together, the ways in which we have agreed to be governed and to choose our governments and the distribution of power and the distribution of economic wealth and well-being, the ways in which we see each other and treat each other, the 
ways in which we have structured our justice system, which we have come to see is pretty much an injustice system. All of the systems, all of the agreements, all of the platforms, all of the formulas upon which we have built our lives is, is crumbling. It has collapsed, is falling away. And it is the deconstruction of the old way. Now, as a result of this happening, whether we want it or not, we see a couple of things in ourselves and in others and collectively. We see that you can cling. You can cling to the old. In the beginning of this pandemic, most people were saying they wanted to go back to normal because the ripping away of life as we knew it was so abrupt, so severe, so traumatic, so without warning, and so swift and complete in its arrival in our lives that all we could do to respond and react was beg for the old way. We didn't know it was old at the time. We just called it normal. We just wanted what we knew to still be there. We were clinging, understandably so, to the way in which we knew ourselves ourselves in the world, the way in which we knew the world and the people in it, as it fell away, as it was amputated from our experience, all we could do at the time was to cling to it and, and demand that it come back and not go away. Of course, the reality of change is that you can say that for as long as you'd like, as long as you need to, as we can see today, you can literally live inside the denial of what is actually happening. That denial doesn't affect what's happening, but you can live in an alternate universe of reality while reality is happening. It doesn't change, change. Change turns out, changes you, changes me, changes us. So that was the first experience of us realizing that something significant was happening, that something was falling away, something was collapsing, something that we leaned on, that we took for granted, that we built our lives on, was no longer there. After a bit of time in which we realized it wasn't coming back, we were in a deep and profound grief. Of course, that grief amplified by the horrific and unnecessary and tragic loss of human life. The fact that we have almost become numb to over 270,000 Americans who have died from various complications of this virus is an indication of how outrageous the assault has been on our senses. We have not been able to keep up. It's like the rat on the treadmill. We have been bombarded every hour of every day, not just with change, not just with the tsunami of change that we have barely kept afloat in, but with news and information that has literally assaulted our psyche, our minds, our hearts, and our lives. It has been difficult. And if you have not developed an inner life, if you do not have some sort of practice that removes you from the outer world and taps you into the inner world, it has been even more difficult. That's a, that's a, 
uh, an observation on my part, somebody who does have some degree of quote-unquote spiritual practices, and even with them, the, the, the death of my mother has so radically messed me up and kicked me over the edge that even my own practices weren't enough from for, from weren't enough to keep me from my own free fall. Thank goodness for those in my life that were more steady and stable and were able to throw a lifeline to me. Though in the beginning, I didn't see it and couldn't grab it. I simply had to free fall. If you're experiencing death, if someone has left their body, has crossed over into the spirit world, has died, however you are saying it, experiencing it, you are in a unique place of tenderness. That That's a whole episode in and of itself. The walk down into the underworld of grief, loss. It is, it is a necessary journey. Don't let anybody try to take you out of it. It is a, I have found it to be a necessary and one of the more profound experiences of my life, the walk with grief. So I honor the tenderness you are experiencing if someone close to you has died from this virus, from complications of this virus, or simply has died as part of the natural process of life. The deconstruction of the old world order, even our beliefs about death and the journey of grief in, in my life is radically changed. I'm looking at this whole pre-described assumption that it takes two years for someone to truly process their loss. Well, I'm looking at that and I'm, I'm not sure that I am choosing to align with that. I realize that so much of what has been appropriate and true as we have journeyed into this maturity may not be anymore. And that's the deconstruction of the old world order. Every single thing, every belief, every way, every assumption, every formula is under the microscope for us to consider and review. And it's a powerful process because as a result of doing that myself and kind of creating a a team, a tribe of, of friends that are doing it as well, we're finding things like this that perhaps I don't subscribe to two years. I, I respect that that was an appropriate conclusion and, and prescription as we've journeyed through the old to the new, but today I can give myself permission to feel better now as I approach the 11th month heading into my mother's hospitalization. I choose not to go through the emotional trauma of that. And so I am looking for new ways that will assist me in honoring what my mind is remembering, what might be embedded in my system And I am seeking new ways to work with that, dissolve it, replace it, and give myself permission to not feel it. And if I do feel it, to simply let it pass through me and to hold myself tenderly and compassionately and with deep love as those feelings take hold and shake me at my core. The destruction of the old world order. We have such 
an attachment to order. We have such an addiction to order that when it falls away, we lose our shit. (laughs) When order falls away and cannot be found, when we cannot put order back together again, we find ourselves in chaos, in deep confusion, and unable to navigate the moment. That's what my hope is for these episodes and this time together, is to bring recognition to the reality of that, to honor the experience and the response and reaction we have as humans to the pulling away, the falling away of that, and then to be still for a moment in the, in the rumble, in the rubble, to just stand there in the runes and allow the, the smoke of the debris to billow up around us and give ourselves pause to really consider what is truly happening. And for me, what's truly happening is the falling away of something that no longer serves us. This has run its course. The, the world order has run its course. It has served us well. It has brought us right to this moment. However, it cannot bring us to the next moment. It's not supposed to bring us to the next moment. Something new, something fresh, something unyet seen is seeking to get our attention because it is the new way. It is the new world order. And we have a new role in its creation. We are the architect. I've said this many times in these episodes that we have awakened. We are awakening to this truth that we are no longer victims, but rather we are empowered creators. We are the architects, not only of our own new lives, but the new world order that we are here specifically to be a beacon of light. And it's a new way of knowing ourselves. So there's a lot of personal growth and personal purification and transformation that's going on. Now, look, that's not for everyone. And maybe it's not for you. And the beauty of all of this is that everybody has their right role. Some are here to be a part of the deconstruction. Some are here to be a part of the collapse. Some are here to be in the collapse fighting for the right ways to come out of the old and be a part of the new. Everyone has a place. It's a wonderful thing to ask, what is mine to do? And to listen to the response that you feel, you hear, you sense, you see in clues and signs around you. And then trust that you've been answered, that something is specifically responding to you. The intelligence that breathes you, the intelligence that runs your body while you're passed out in the thing we call sleep. As we develop our relationship, as we decide to go, wait a minute, how is it that I know myself? All of this incredible and profound experience that is this thing we call our lives these days is beckoning us to pause, to be still, to take a break, to take a breath, to become okay with the discomfort of not knowing this deep and profound practice of being okay in the discomfort of not knowing this surrender into uncertainty to come to realize that maybe order is not necessarily mine to create 
do and maintain. Perhaps there is an order that already exists. I believe it does. I look at the seasons as a clear indication that there is a divine intelligence. There is simply an intelligence that has an order within it. Seed, soil, plant. The order of the seasons. There is the order of the tides. If we pause and tap into the pre-existing order, then we realize that we can let go of our own grip on the falling away of the human imposed upon order and be more open to an order that is already there. Speaking of there, I want to be sure to touch on this because this was a really personal and profound realization I had yesterday morning as I was activating some elevated emotions as I was seeking to remember and call forth and activate how I feel when I'm in these elevated emotions, how I feel when I feel lighter, when I feel fired up, when I feel like things are happening for me and through me, when I'm able to be of service to the world and have a direct opportunity to impact and assist others, when I simply feel at peace, when I feel the oneness at the core of my being. And so I was practicing activating those feelings in my attempt to move away from grief and move away from uncertainty and move away from the fear, the collective fear that has powerful momentum in our lives and is, it is maintained by the news and the headlines and wants to keep us there, perhaps not maliciously, but for sure it is what is happening. And I got to reading something that said, basically, you are exactly where you need to be. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, the mind, my mind is quick to rush in and say, no, you're not. And I thought about that. I thought, let me go on the ride of that. What, what, is, what is that? So there's this sentence that says, I am exactly where I need to be, that I am right where I am. And it's the right place to be. And my mind comes in and says, no, it's actually not. Your right place is over there. And it points to something at a distance from me. It points to an experience that is not the experience I'm having. And it's saying that the experience I'm having is actually not right. It's wrong. And the experience over there at a distance from me is the place I should be, is the right place to be. And I should get there. And I realized that that is just a construct of my thinking. That is a a construct of the mind. And in my confusion experiment where I meditated for an hour every day for 100 days, that practice absolutely caused the deconstruction of exactly that kind of thinking. That's not accurate. That's not even real. But if I am not awake to it, It is real and it is accurate. And then I suffer because I am in a belief that says, oh my goodness, where I am is not the right place. I'm supposed to actually be there and I don't even know how to get there, but I only have the old way of knowing how to get there, which is through blood, sweat, and tears, hard work, hustling, beating the pavement. And we do those things and we plan and we have goals and we have affirmation. But the thing about there is that because there 
there isn't real. We never get there. And we find out that the there keeps moving away from us. And no matter how much we move through space and experience this delay because we have to go through something called time, there remains never anything that eventually is here. Maybe that's why they say enjoy the journey, (laughs) because the destination is an illusion. The destination, turns out, is a feeling. It is a feeling. And so what I realized in that moment is a change in my belief system and a reconstruction of the new world order, a new way of thinking just about that. And what did it sound like, look like, feel like? Well, that there is no there, that there's only right here, right now. And that my mind's value, the value I gave my mind in telling me that there was a there and that my mind was the only way that could get me there and my mind's conclusion that where I am is not right is no longer mine. It's no longer a belief. It's no longer a program and it's no longer anything that I am participating in. Instead, I am valuing my own knowing a knowing that goes beyond the old thinking. And I declare that right where I am is the right place for me. How do I know that? How can I say that with certainty? Because I'm right here. (laughs) This is not some sort of punishing thing that puts you somewhere and then says, ha ha, you're not actually where you're supposed to be. I just put you there so that I can show you that there's a there and you're supposed to go to there, there, but you don't know the way there. So you're going to suffer and you're going to experience this longing and this yearning for a place, right? Like that is just insane. So today, if there's any one thing that you have been able to draw from this download, this stream of consciousness that I'm sharing with you, is that you get to say, right where I am, as crazy as it is, as outrageous as it is, as sad as it is, as hopeful as it is, as without any direction as it is, as without any sense of knowing, as, as, as it is with the chaos and the confusion and the uncertainty and the grief and the loss and the fear, the entire human experience right where you are in the midst of it and right where it is in the midst of you is exactly where you are supposed to be. Why? Because that's where you are and you bring value and you bring honor and you bring respect to that awareness because it is from there that you can breathe And it is from that breath that you can become more still. It is from that breathing and that stillness that you are able to tap in to your intuition that knows, that intelligence that has gone out beyond this experience and is able to inform us of something that yet we cannot see. But if we listen to it, if we develop a relationship with our inner self, if we acknowledge it as something that is real, even though we can't see it, if we simply for once say we are not the sum total of our personality, but rather we are a divine total that is beyond our own experience, but we can experience through breath and stillness and prayer and meditation and walking and inspirational music and reading and video, if we simply choose to be okay with what is, we can begin to be open to that which isn't, 
that is pressing up against us and seeking entrance into your thoughts. That is why fear is a controller. That is why fear is a controller. Because when you're in fear, you are literally cut off from yourself and you have given yourself away to something outside of yourself that isn't real. It appears real, but it is truly not real. So I deeply appreciate this connection with you. I've missed this. The previous couple of months have had me sharing with you the audio book of the confusion experiment. I invite you to participate in that. The episode that started in June, June 1st, with the beginning of this podcast, um, offers the 18 findings from the experiment. Those nuggets of wisdom are so awesome. I encourage you to get to those findings. You want some, you want some information. You want some guidance. You want some clarity. You want some order. You want a roadmap. You want to know how You'll find some of that in the findings. They are so insightful and powerful. They are eternal, universal nuggets of wisdom that I am using every single day. Take good care of yourself. If you would like to support the work I'm doing in this world, you can become a patron of the Confusion Experiment. Feel free to share this with others who you think might like what we're talking about here in the laboratory of life. I'll see you next week.